and welcome back to Dads on the Air, coming to you around Australia on the Community Radio Network. In this program, we bring you informing and entertaining conversations with a wide range of interesting people on topics of fatherhood, family and parenting, men's and boys' issues. Hi, I'm Bill Cable, and our guest today is Dr Alistair Cooper. Ali is a clinical psychologist and a consultant with the National Implementation Service at the Michael Rutter Centre, based at the Maudsley Hospital in the UK. The centre specialises in the treatment of youngsters with mental health issues. Alistair is the co-author of the brilliant book, Reflective Parenting. He, in this book, he takes an evidence-based approach to developing parenting programs for children. He takes his own advice. He lives in London with his wife and two young children. Ali, welcome to the program. Hi, Bill. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Ali, is this book, uh, Reflective Parenting, and the title... Is it aimed at all parents? I think uh, it might be, I guess, quite important to just explain the kind of basic sort of premise behind it. So, yes, so um, it is a, a, an approach that, I guess, encourages parents to wonder about their relationship with their, their child, to think about them, to think about what goes on inside their minds, to, to see behind behaviour, really, to look at... at a kind of inside story so there's a kind of idea that I guess behavior has has meaning there's sort of often kind of intentional you know stuff that's going on behind the behavior I think so when Sheila Redfern and I wrote the book we felt a sort of compulsion to get this you know kind of stuff out there because um, I mean the research is quite compelling now about uh, the importance of a parent's relationship with their child so the first three years are pretty crucial. So um, infants are kind of growing and their minds are growing, you know, within sort of relationships with their parents. And the way parents respond to infants is highly influential on how, I guess, how they develop. So this book is um, really trying to make explicit to parents and help them take in a more conscious way to help them think about their role, I guess, in their child's development. Do you think parenting is getting harder these days? Do you think parents are becoming afraid to parent? Well, at one stage you refer to parents wanting to be the child's best friend as distinct from having a, a parenting role, which I think is quite different. And I'm, I'm just wondering if you think parents are, are more, tending more to go towards this best mate uh, role rather than actually having a, an authoritative parenting role. I think it's quite hard to think about... Um how things have, have sort of changed uh, potentially, but I think um, I think I, I certainly have had uh, quite a few conversations with parents who have been influenced by some more kind of recent ideas around parenting. So I, I guess some readers of this book might um, feel it's quite a sort of like a permissive, you know, way of parenting, and I guess some parents express concerns about setting boundaries and the impact mm. that might have on their child to, to um, I guess, come across as, as being harsh or um, firm. And I guess this approach encourages parents to, to do a bit of both, to kind of be empathic and to be caring about how their child is feeling at any any moment, but also the, to really have um, a sense of the importance of boundaries and importance of kind of discipline in a in a child's life and um, you know hopefully Sheila and I have really conveyed that it's important to have you know two sort of positions you need to have the boundaries but it's it's incredibly 
helpful for a child's development to, you know, be responsive and to be kind and to be empathic and to be compassionate. Um, so hopefully this this will speak to those parents who perhaps are more anxious about, um, you know, really setting limits and really setting boundaries. And hopefully it will speak to parents who find themselves setting boundaries and, you know, doing most of their kind of discipline when they're angry. And when it's, I guess, when you're angry, it's very hard to think about your your, your mm. child and to take an empathic stance. But I, I think uh, I've sort of come across parents at both ends of the spectrum, really. But some parents say, you know, I don't, you know, what's the point of sort of being empathic to why my child when is hitting his sister? That's just wrong. And mm. I guess that is wrong. You know, it's not something that you would necessarily want to encourage. But I guess being kind of empathic and, and I guess understanding about what might have led up to him hitting his sister might be quite an important, yes. uh, I guess, learning opportunity for him. Yeah, so the boundaries are still important and you're not at, at all advocating some sort of um, libertine regime for the child. In fact, you've got something called the two-handed approach. I wonder if you could tell us a bit about yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, so this is a, a phrase that was coined by... Um, uh, by a psychologist in the States uh, called Daniel Hughes, who has done a lot of work with uh, children in care and works a lot with uh, you know families who are supporting and you know looking after children who have been through lots of trauma. So it's an approach which um, again sort of invites parents into taking this kind of dual approach. So on the one hand, you have a stance which is really trying to wonder and to sort of make sense of a child's behaviour. You know why is uh, you know, my child having a tantrum when, um, you know, we're in the middle of the supermarket. What's that kind of about? You know, how can I understand that? And then on, on, on the other hand, there's um, an idea that you might have to do something about it, uh, that you might have to set a limit or you might have to set a consequence. Often you might have to act in some way. And I think if you have both hands, it, it can, you know, often really help a situation in the first place. So I guess if if uh, you've worked out that, um, you know, the child is tantruming, you know, your son is tantruming in, in the middle of a middle of a supermarket because um, he feels it's really unfair that his sister's sitting in the trolley and actually he remembers it was his turn. Mm. Spend a bit of time trying to work that out with him if he's, if he's able to allow you to do that. I mean, obviously he could be too dysregulated and too upset to do that. You know, the kind of action that you might take to that child is actually to give him a cuddle and actually say, oh, gosh, I'm really sorry, I... You know, completely forgot it was your turn. Um, actually, you know, can you do something for me in the supermarket? And then you might give them a, a job to do. And then actually, that resolves the situation. And you, you know, so uh, having those kind of two hands can be uh, can just be sort of incredibly helpful to help resolve situations. I must say, I like that very much in the book. That uh, this isn't some sort of theoretical treatise, although I'm sure clinicians will take note of it. But you actually put these examples, and I know from my own case that I can identify a lot of the situations where that one you just described there where you've got a child in the supermarket having a tantrum I mean you see that every day and parents really don't have any instruction as to what do I do now and so they might resort to something desperate like shouting or hitting yeah yeah which you know might actually stop in tantrum but it, it might also set up a I guess a whole raft of feelings that that, that you needn't have both gone into and I guess, uh, I guess effective parenting also um, encourages parents to think ahead and to think about, you know, the trip to the supermarket that's kind of coming up and, 
but actually my son's three, you know, sometimes he really struggles with that and he doesn't, you know, I wonder what it's like from his perspective going to a supermarket and being carted around by a parent, but actually I have to go um, and it's, it's part of our life together, we have to get food, but it, it might encourage you to do something different going up to the supermarket, so, you know, you might put a few different kind of strategies in just to help that situation. You know, that, that kind of wondering from your child's perspective can, I guess, really help, I guess, within a situation, but it can also help before a situation arises. had a recent sort of example, um, I guess, this weekend of the importance of, of really trying to see things from your child's perspective. Um, I, was, I was away for the weekend and I came back on, um, uh, I came back home and uh, my son, Who's, who's seven? Um, he 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 seemed to particularly miss me. Um, I've got a daughter of five, but I think there's something about my son's age and me being a man and him being a boy that that was, it, he he feels that it's quite hard when we're away. Um, anyway, we we went to this big sort of barbecue in our in our local park with with lots of friends, and I was um I was sort of pushing a swing. Uh, I, I was pushing a, a friend's child on a swing, and I saw my son walk over to me with a really angry, grumpy face. And he was sort of stomping off and kind of just just being a bit kind of rude, actually. It, it, it you know, kind of felt like. And after I pushed um, you know this girl on the swing, I sort of went over to him. And I guess he told me to go away. Uh, I guess for me, you know, when my you know my children's uh, and I guess told me to go away, it can instill some feelings that then make it hard for me to be reflective. But I guess fortunately, I managed to kind of catch myself, think about it from his perspective, and um, I managed to sort of try and guess what was going on so I kind of said something like um, oh you know it must be kind of hard you know you kind of miss me all weekend and then when I'm finally back you know you see that I'm, I'm spending time with someone else's child you know that's that's pretty tough and he you know completely changed and he said yes it was really hard actually it was really hard you know seeing you do that um, so we just had a hug and then we went off to play football for two minutes and then I went back to push someone else on the swing and it just sort of resolved the situation before you know before it actually happened it's quite hard to catch yourself to do that. Um, mm. and I think that this is an approach which, which kind of, you know, hopefully um, helps parents see that actually, you know, most parents do this at least some of the time. Uh, and actually, there's no parent that does this all of the time. And there are times when, when I guess you can't do that because of your own stuff that's going on. But, you know, when we are able to get ourselves in a space when we can really think about what's going on, it, it it's incredibly kind of beneficial. So there it is in action and we're speaking with Dr Alistair Cooper who is the co-author with Sheila Redfern of a book called Reflective Parenting, A Guide to Understanding What's Going On in Your Child's Mind. We're going to take a short break now. We're going to play a song by the Beatles called What Goes On.
that was What Goes On by The Beatles. And we're speaking today with uh, Dr. Alistair Cooper, who is a clinical psychologist at the Michael Rudder Centre in the UK and the author of a new book, Reflective Parenting, A Guide to Understanding What's Going On in Your Child's Mind. So, Ali, uh, we were just talking then about the uh, two-hands approach. You've got some other concepts which are interesting. Um, you talk about a parent map. What's that involved? In a perfect world, a parent would respond in a way that helps bring about sort of cooperation and, and doesn't escalate that situation. So, you know, there might be ways of responding which actually helps resolve that situation pretty quickly. I guess realistically, we don't live in that world. And um, I guess as, as parents, we bring, you know, lots of other influences into how we respond to our children. You know, what's going on in our own mind, our own stuff kind of, you know, influences how we perceive situations, influences how we react. So uh, the parent map is a way to um, to bring this into more conscious awareness, to um, help us as parents understand actually what these influences are, to try to get a more of a coherent sense of how you are um, as a parent. Um, so if you were to see yourself from the outside responding to your child, you know, what, what does that look like? What, what gets in the way of you parenting and in, in the way that you want to parent? What kind of influences uh, the way that you react? So if thinking about, I guess, the example I just gave you with my own son, if I was, so one of the, the kind of influences, one of the things on my map is, I guess, being very preoccupied about work. So I guess the next day I, I, I was going off to do some training um, with, uh, with Sheila, actually. So that was really weighing heavily on my mind and I was really stressed about that. That, you know, could quite easily influence how I respond to my son and, and might make me over, you know, really overreact. Um, so that's one thing that really gets in the way is kind of current sort of preoccupations and feelings. But the other thing that can really influence you is, um, I guess, the kind of supports that you have around you. So how kind of supportive you feel, you know, if you've got a partner or a wife or a husband or... Um, if you've got close friends, so um, a sense of feeling supported and sort of connected. Um, so if you feel kind of disconnected and you feel sort of isolated, that can also heavily impact. Um, and then finally, one that's often hard to um, harder to identify is, um, I guess, how um, is how you've been parented. So um, how you were kind of responded to as a child, how your your parents were when you were upset. You know how. Did they support you or not? You know, did they get angry when you, you know, got upset or angry? And these these also quite heavily influence how you are as a parent. Yeah. So the map is really, you know, what the research sort of says is that the the more uh, the more aware you are as a parent, the more you can hold these things in mind, and the more you can respond to your child in a way which is less influenced by those factors. Yes, to be aware of that, because I'm sure most parents bring up their children the way they were brought up, you know, it seemed to work all right for me, so, uh, and it's the one I know best, so I'll, I'll apply that one. Or, or they can do the opposite and say, um, actually, you know, my mum and dad are really harsh and they, they, they never supported me at all. Mm. So uh, that can heavily influence how, you know, how you discipline. So you, you might find that incredibly hard to be angry towards your child. You know, which in itself can bring 
other issues. And then you have this app, AWP, yeah. which is an acronym for uh, another the approach you take. I wonder if you could tell us about that. So the parent app is three sort of qualities that, that parents can bring more frequently into their relationship with their child. We're not saying as a parent you should be doing this all of the time, but it's especially useful around time to sort of discipline and, and things like that. So the qualities um, are, uh, the first A is, is sort of paying attention, so being very very attentive and being being very interested about what's going on and being very curious about what's going on in your child's mind. So, you know, if you're not interested and you're not curious about that, in, you know, at that moment, then it's very hard to understand their perspective and their point of view, which is the second P. Um, so really trying to get into your child's shoes, I guess, uh, I guess get into child's mind, um, is really, really helpful to sort of think about the world from their point of view, to think about how, you know, how unfair it is that they can't get what they want when they're two. It can feel incredibly unfair for a, um, a child of two. And then um, the last P is to, um, is to provide empathy. So what we find is that when, you know, children really get that their parents get how hard some situations are for them, uh, that has quite a magical effect that it can um, really regulate a child's feelings. So it doesn't work with all feelings in, in every situation, but if a child is, you know, feels something is really, really unfair and there's been a big injustice and you really take that perspective and you really communicate that you you get how hard that is. You, um, I guess not concerned, as it's a big concern, but, you know, you're showing that, uh, that it's having an impact on you then actually a child sort of learns to kind of resolve that feeling quicker and then they feel much, I guess, much more connected to you um, as a parent. And actually what then you find is uh, children, uh, if you apply those kind of principles, especially around sort of discipline, uh, they often take the kind of limits that you're about to give them in a, uh, and it just becomes easier for them to accept it. Whereas if, if you don't really get what they're thinking and you know, you don't take their point of view, it's, it's much harder for them to accept it. I guess those kind of qualities work for me at work. I have a manager who is really interested in the work I'm doing, can really take my perspective about how, how stressed I am at work and is kind of thoughtful and kind about that. Then um, actually I want to work a bit harder. Mm. If I have a boss who doesn't really show any interest in in my stress or it has, isn't very thoughtful, then then that has a negative impact on me as well. So, um, yeah, so the app is, um, you know, hopefully a, a kind of easy to remember kind of set of principles, really, to, I guess, the parents to bring um, into their relationship more, more often. And can you give a child too much positive feedback, do you think? In the same context as, uh, can you give a child overconfidence? If the parent says everything you do is wonderful, is that going to have bad consequences? I, I would say that kind of positive feedback is, is, is useful to give when it's kind of explicit. So when, you know, so you're praising something that's actually happened. So it might be a kind of a value or, or it might be an, an aspect of something. So, you know, you put so much effort into that. It was really, really, really good hard work or, um, you know, really like the way you thought of your sister there and you, you, you gave her one of your chocolates. That, that's such a kind thing to do. Those kind of positive feedback, I think, is really important because I think um, children 
often do more of something when they think their parents have approved of it. So I think if you can give uh, a positive feedback linked to something that's made very explicit, then I think it's really useful because it encourages behaviour. It's especially important, I think, in terms of reflective parenting about kindness to others, thinking about someone else's perspective, and, I don't know, managing feelings. So, uh, uh, so you're labelling aspects of the world that you want them to do more, if you, if you like. But I think it needs to be genuine. And I think to say general praise, oh, you're such a good boy, uh, it becomes slightly meaningless. And also, I think, uh, I think reflective parenting is about taking other people's perspectives. So learn from you that everything is brilliant and you know, the best person at football or the best person at maths or the, the, the best person, and then they, they go and sort of get into relationships with other people that, that, that don't relate to them in the same way. They haven't built up that, I guess, that kind of resilience. If you're just giving very general positive feedback all of the time that, that doesn't seem to be genuine, doesn't seem to be linked to things, then um, I can't see how that's particularly useful. Yes, though there are so many topics covered in this book, Reflective Parenting, a guide to understanding what's going on in your child's mind. I'm sure we could talk for a long time, but uh, we've come to the part of the program, Dr. Ali Cooper, where we ask our guests to pick a song and tell us why they picked it. So uh, could you tell us which one you've picked? Yeah, sure. I picked The, the Bridge Over Tubbed Water by Simon, Simon Garfunkel. Yeah, and I picked it because uh, two reasons, I think. Uh, apparently, um, the writer is, is, is very spontaneous lyrics. He was, he was incredibly surprised that you know, you know, came out of the lyrics. Um, so it seemed to really come from the heart, which I think is sort of really, just, just felt really kind of meaningful for me. But, uh, but I also think that, uh, that the lyrics are about you know being alongside somebody, about supporting somebody when they're going through difficult times. And I think. That's an important role for parents to do. Yeah. 
That was Bridge Over Troubled Waters by Simon and Garfunkel. And so it just remains for me now to thank our special guest today, Dr. Alistair Cooper. Ali, thank you very much for being on the program. Thanks for having me, Bill. Thank you. And uh, don't forget, we'd love to hear from any of our listeners. You can go to our website, dadsontheair.com.au, send us an email and we'll be in touch. And if you'd like to listen to this show again or any of our shows, go to our website, dadsontheair.com.au, or you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. So that's it for this week. Um, We'll be back next week with another show on Dads on the Air.